Sometimes the decision to go to university is sort of just part of going through the motion. So you go from primary school to secondary school and then college, and then it just seems like the next logical choice, even though that may not be the best option for you or in terms of the career that you're trying to build. And fair enough, there are some careers that to get in you do need a university degree, but you'll be surprised that there's many others that you don't. There's so many more roles in, in, in industry now that are offering alternate ways to get into careers. So definitely say it's worth doing the research, keeping your options open. Welcome to Find Your Force, the career potential podcast. Everyone has a talent they were born to do and we'll help you find it for your career. Whether you're taking the first or next step in your career, our stories and advice are here to help you. Hi, I'm Hope, your host for season one of Find Your Force. We're chatting earning while you're learning and how an apprenticeship can help you realise your career potential. I've got Raja and Lou with me today to speak all about this. Hi Raja, hi Lou, thanks for being here today. Why are you excited to be part of this podcast? I think it's an important subject. Um, It's something that gets overcasted quite a lot. Uh, I think uh, we'll be able to give you some information uh, from our experiences and hopefully answer some questions and queries that you have. Yeah, and I'm excited to be here to tell people about what I do and the experiences I've had so far and hopefully it'll help someone on their career path. On the merit of what you do, if we can begin the episode by hearing more about you and your role and the kind of the background of to how you got to where you are. Lou, we'll start with you. All right, so my name's Lou. I'm currently a logistics supplier in the RAF and I've been an apprentice for about 12 months now. Yeah, so I originally joined from the Commonwealth. And I started my basic training in 2020, then went on to my phase two in 2021. Yeah, I went to my first space, which is RAF Coningsby, in August of 2021. Your route through the Commonwealth, is that something that's still available for people? Oh, at the, more, at the moment, unfortunately, it's not. So you would have to have lived in the UK for a period of about five years now before you can join up. Okay, but apprenticeships are still available. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Still are apprenticeships. <laughs> Hopefully, that's what we're talking about today. Uh, Raj, what about you? Hello, I'm Raja. Um, I'm an aircraft technician uh, currently in RF Odium. Uh, I initially joined up in 2018, passed basic, came back to RF Cosford to do my phase two training, then got sent out to RF Benson to do my aircraft maintenance mechanic role, which um, included servicing aircraft, refueling aircrafts. The most important job because we are the last people that touch the aircraft. Uh, came back for my further training course at RF Cosford. Uh, completed that and I'm now um, working on the same aircraft, Chinooks uh, RF Odium. So why did you choose the apprentice route? Well, I was, wasn't too sure either university, doing more courses or an apprenticeship. So I looked, to, looked through all three routes and I thought the apprenticeship, getting paid, getting good skills and a really good job at the end of it, uh, is well worth it. Lou, about you? Well, for me, my apprenticeship started immediately after my phase two, so it's just part of your training where you go on to the apprenticeship. So I wouldn't say that I necessarily chose it, but it's just part of the training that you get. It chose you? Yeah, it chose me. <laughs> and with the apprenticeships that the RAF offer, are there specific roles that you can do an apprenticeship with and other roles that you can't, or can you choose to do anything? I mean, honestly, in talking to other trades and so far in my experience, apprenticeships are offered quite widely in the RAF, so I would say most of the trades have apprenticeships attached to them. You spoke, Raja, about the potential of going to university. You were thinking about that and, and what to do. 
Why didn't you go to university? Because um, I, wanted, I wanted a career from the get-go. I didn't want to be like drowning in debt, wasting uh, like loads of time. Like Loads of people change courses at university. I just wanted to, sort of, to go for something I was really passionate about. Something that a lot of young people may find is that their peers don't always appreciate an apprenticeship for what it is and they think the university is the be-all and end-all. Did you experience that? Um, yes, yeah, sort of. Um, I felt like the apprenticeships weren't really advertised or pushed out when you, when you leave college. So there, were, there was quite a few surprises of why I was in an apprenticeship, but in the end, all, I'm enjoying it. I've really enjoyed my time so far, so I've not lost any time. I'm enjoying it all. Lou, um, when it comes to going off to university, there's a big part of independence, but you make loads of friends and you have that social life. Do you have that if you do an apprenticeship? Oh, I would say absolutely. I would say that the social aspect of it is just a general part of the apprenticeship. So not only do you make really strong friendships with people who will eventually, who are your, your, who are your, sorry, people who are your classmates as well as your mentors, and then they all eventually become your colleagues. So not only do you get to pick up on the sort of social cues and the behaviours and attitudes that you'll need to succeed in your job, but you also build like really strong friendships. And it's often said it's not just about what you know but who. And these could be people that can open you up to opportunities or because we're based at different camps all over the country, you get to sort of hear about their experiences and you can tailor your career to what they've gone through and how you want to build up your job, basically. Can you choose whereabouts you're located and can you change where you're located halfway through? I mean, I would say for my trade, just before we finish phase two, they do ask you what your preferences are. And I think that's for everyone. So you can sort of have an influence on where you end up. And I think the first posting that you do get is for just about five years. And then you do have an option to move on to any other base, really, if there is an opening. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you can be 16 to do an apprenticeship, the youngest. Yeah. Yeah. Quite young. How much support is offered to you, uh, especially if you are that younger category? Raja? loads like you actually get loads of mentors you get loads of staff that are going to help you like making sure you're right how, how you're going on how you're getting on if you have any questions or queries they're, they're always there to answer in terms of an apprenticeship as well you get not only the salary but you're getting your education paid for as well how much training is there available how high can you go can you get a degree for example yeah there's always um, opportunities after you complete your apprenticeship there's opportunity to do an engineering degree or further further your career into commissioning which is another role that one person go through can we talk about commissioning a little bit more what do you mean by commissioning so commissioning is when you technically you become an officer you do your training at rf cranwell uh, and then you go through your own phase of training i'm not too sure about it because not commissioned but uh, i sort of know the sort of route that you can go through Lou, anything to add to that? Oh uh, Yeah, I would say that, for my trade at least. So you start at a basic level that equips you with what you'll need to basically get on in the job. But because of how diverse my trade is, you could be working in a warehouse, for example. You could be working in fuels or you could be working in an office. So the apprenticeship just basically gives you the foundation that you need to really work in any of those sort of jobs and you build your own career in a way. What misconceptions have you heard from people about apprenticeships? I know that one of them, for example, is that 
if you're an apprentice, the, the salary is, is rubbish, is really, really low. What have you heard? Maybe what did you think when you started? We'll start with you, Lou. Yeah, so I would say a big one would be that apprenticeships aren't for smart people. Um, but what I mean by that is that maybe people who didn't get the grades or who didn't get their GCSEs or A-levels. And in my experience, that's not the case. I would say apprenticeships are for everyone. And what I mean by that is that unlike regular school where the focus is mainly on just in taking in information and just regurgitating it out with an apprenticeship, you're more focused on understanding and engaging with what you're doing. And in my trade so far, I've come across people with GCSEs, A-levels, and some people with university undergraduate degrees too, in various faculties. So, Raj, anything to add to that? It's very similar, but um, the quality of training, I was told if you do an apprenticeship, the quality of training is low, you can get lower paid. But I've done an apprenticeship, I'm getting the best learning from the best people you could probably think of. So not the case at all? No, definitely not. <laughs> How can being an apprentice help someone's career rather than going through a different path? Raja. So what I would say is you're learning in the career aspect that you want to be in, somewhere you're passionate. Um, so you're going to learn the, the skills and the trade of your, that passionate career and it gets you used to like, the environment that you're going to be in. Yeah, yeah, I would say that it gives you a foothold in the working world, basically. So not only are you learning how to do your job, but you're actually you're getting all the skills that you'll need to do it competently and efficiently. And like I mentioned before about the the social aspect, so interacting with people, building on your confidence. Not only do you go into your first posting, like most of us do, with the confidence knowing that these are people you've been working with, that's people you've been interacting with, and that just helps create a very positive sort of work environment. And I would say work environment is very key. Any job. Of course, when you apply for apprenticeship anywhere, the company is hoping that you're going to stay there. But obviously, you might do your apprenticeship and then take that and, and move elsewhere. Is that something that you think is still worthwhile doing rather than going to university? Because it may take you longer to get to that um, qualification. Well, I would say that the skills and the knowledge that you get in an apprenticeship is very transferable. And the difference with an apprenticeship as opposed to university is that with an apprenticeship, you're already building on your work experience. So regardless of whether you move on or not, that's work experience you're taking with you. Whereas university, all you're doing is studying, being a student is your full-time job. The RAF won Macro Employer of the Year in the 2017 National Apprenticeship Awards, gained outstanding trainer provider status from Ofsted for RAF delivered apprenticeships, and won 10th place in the 2020 Top 100 Apprenticeship Employers Award. If you're interested, go to the episode description to find out more. So you've both chosen apprenticeship routes, albeit slightly different. Raja, you said that university was on the cards at one point. What advice would you give to someone who's listening, who's thinking, I really don't know what to do. University appeals to me a little bit. Apprenticeships appeal to me too. What do I do? Well, the main thing I would say is do your research. Do what you want. Make a plan of what you want to do in the future. Uh, something that you're passionate about. And then choose whether the apprenticeship, getting paid while you're learning, making all that social skills, or university, classroom-based subjects for a bit, and then get into the workforce afterwards. It's completely up to you. There's, there's no rush into it. It's more better to take your time than rushing it and then regretting the decision you made. Lou? Yeah, definitely just to add on to that, I would say that Sometimes the decision to go to university is sort of 
just part of going through the motion. So you go from primary school to secondary school and then college, then it just seems like the next logical choice, even though that may not be the best option for you or in terms of the career that you're trying to build. And fair enough, there are some careers that to get in, you do need a university degree, but you'll be surprised that there's many others that you don't. There's so many more roles in, in, in industry now that are offering alternate ways to get into careers. So definitely say it's worth doing the research, keeping your options open. Also, we previously mentioned that you could obtain a degree yeah. working for a company like the RAF, so you could still achieve that through a different means. Yeah. Did you consider university, Lou? Yeah, I did. And I technically did go, but it was in another country, so... Yeah, my qualifications aren't necessarily transferable, but I did go here. Yeah. So you've kind of experienced both. Okay, yeah. it was in a different country. Yeah. Pros and cons of... Apprenticeship versus university, because you can actually give that. Yeah, I would say that pros of university, especially I went when I was quite young, so you do do a lot of growing up. But again, you do the same in an apprenticeship. With an apprenticeship, you're actually learning financial responsibility as well. I don't think I know any uni student that wasn't completely broke at some point in their career. Whereas with the apprenticeships, you always have a bit of money in you, at least to make it to the end of the month. Unlike an apprenticeship with uni, your job is to be a student and depending on the faculty that you're studying, that can be quite demanding and you'll get to the end of it, you'll get the qualifications, even the best grades and I remember my lecturers always used to say like the people who get the best grades don't always get the jobs because you go on to the interview, onto the work, onto the work, what, the work, not workplace, sorry, you go onto the job market, sorry, you go onto the job market and the first thing that employers will say to you is that you're good on paper, you have the grades but you have no work experience. And that's the difference with an apprenticeship where you're getting paid to learn how to do your job and you have a job straight after that. So. Apprenticeships sound really appealing as well to people who haven't had any previous work experience, especially if they're joining at 16. They may not have been able to have a previous job, not even a paper round or something like that. So it enables them to get that experience. But what about someone who's maybe later on down their working life and they want to have a change of career are apprenticeships available for those people yeah absolutely like i mentioned before i've met people in my trade with various degrees different backgrounds of education so we had a guy who studied computer science and just really didn't want to go down that career path so he got the degree and decided it just wasn't for him and he decided to explore his options and found the raf and got an apprenticeship going we spoke a lot about apprenticeships, but let's specifically focus on RAF pr- apprenticeships for a moment. Why did you choose to join the RAF, Raja? So from a young age, I've been really interested in aircraft and like the aerosystems and astrophysics. I know it sounds weird, but I, I was very interested when I was younger. So when I first heard about the apprenticeships and they are um, recruiting for aircraft technicians, I, I put my name down straight away. I just really liked one wants to work on aircraft. Lee? Well, I would say that I joined because from the get-go, the RAF just really appealed to me. I've always had a bit of sense of adventure about me. It just seemed interesting and it was something I was really keen to do. Has it lived up to your expectations? I mean, I would say yes, but with expectations, it, it only lives up to them if it's completely different from what you imagined it would be. So... What I like about it is that you don't have to be climbing a mountain somewhere far away. Even the day-to-day things that I get to do, like pick up on sports, pick up on interacting with different trades and just learning as I go. 
Yeah, it's not. You don't often hear that people's day to day life is that exciting and gives no. them a thrill, like climbing mountains. <laughs> Which I can do if I did want to. But. Um, so let's talk about work life balance now, because obviously, if you're doing an apprenticeship, I imagine that you might live here or live nearby whilst you're training. Is that the case, Lou? Uh, with my apprentice, the way it, the apprenticeship, the way it worked was that basically you go, we go onto our units and then. We get contacted by the RAF. There's an RAF office that runs the apprenticeships, basically in hand in hand with the CIVI qualifier. So then they would interact with us, and we'd be assigned mentors, and then they'd come and visit visit us at our bases here and then. Raja, was that the same for you? Uh, our our mentor was on base, so we if we had any questions or we had any um, evidence for our MBQ, any anything for our qualification, we always we can always go in and speak to him. So everything was on station for me. From an outsider's perspective, I'm imagining that in the daytime you're getting the experience, you're you're doing the practical elements, and then I imagine in your own time you have to do kind of written work, studying for your qualifications. Is that the case? And if that is the case, how do you manage your life as well as your work? I mean, I would say for my one, because of it was so linked to my phase two training, a lot of the knowledge that you did there was transferable. So when it came to the theory aspect of it, you kind of had that already. And then when you got to the workplace, that's when you learn to do the practical aspects. And that's when your mentor would get in contact and tell you the sort of things you'd need to build towards your endpoint assessment. And because you're just, you're doing your job, basically, you already sort of get that work-life balance. So is it nine to five? No, it's more of a half seven to half four. Half seven to half four. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I will say that we do get time for, for sports and exercise and things like that. So on Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's more of a... Half nine to half four. So there's always a lot in the news uh, and young people often are concerned by the fact that university costs so much money. Further education, it's a big, big problem. It's a big thing that people need to consider before making the commitment to go to university. You're in a situation, Raja, where you're getting paid at the same time as having your education paid for. Tell me more about that. It sounds too good to be true. It does, doesn't it? On top of that, you also get like your accommodation paid for. You also get um, parking. There's no parking. Like you don't have to pay for anything like that. Free gym, and then there's also like opportunity to do loads of different sports. So it's not just the education side. It's loads of free time and your own personal time is um, used very well. I've never really not been grateful for it. I've never really noticed that I've had it until well until it's gone. Then you'll notice all the benefits that you have got with the RAF. That disappear like the free dental care, free health care. So yeah. Yeah. So at university, a lot of the time, people say they end up eating like tins of beans and dry noodles because they can't afford to have their water on. You're not in that situation, are you? No. So um, so you can have uh, three meals: breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and they all are very low cost. But the food is very good. Like you can get a choice. There's vegetarian options, halal options, vegan options. Uh, and then there's also like your omelettes and there's loads of different options to eat in in the rough mess whereas like most people I know are eating like beans and toast and quick meals and microwave meals so it's not exactly healthy and how much does the food cost roughly a day maybe six pounds maybe, and that's roughly. for all your meals that's for all three meals yes wow and the food's cooked for you uh, the food's cooked I'm um, hot and fresh yes yeah. wow there we go. I think I might have to come here for a holiday. Uh, Lou, you mentioned earlier on about the fact that having the financial side of things, having that income, 
allowed you to be able to manage your money. So it kind of helped you with adulting and adulthood. Is that another pro? Yeah, I'd say absolutely. And I guess, I guess the ironic thing is that it does teach you how to adult, but then, as Roger was saying, all your expenses are sort of taken care of. So all you have to decide really is what to do with all this money that you have. <laughs> What's the last thing you purchased of all your money? Ooh, should I say it? I got a PS5. Ooh! I'm not even sorry. You are doing well. <laughs> See, be an apprentice, you can get a PS5. That's the key takeaway. One. If you can find one. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for your time today. Raja and Lou, it's been an absolute pleasure hearing your stories. Have you got any final words of inspiration, motivation to our listeners today, both to the students and to maybe their peers, teachers and parents? Lou? I would say absolutely. Like I said before, just keep your options open. There's so many opportunities out there and university is not the only one. And just because you don't go now doesn't mean that you'll never go at all. And I would say that going later on in life, once you've had the career, once you've had the work experience, you can then tailor whatever higher education you do do to further your career. And I can't think of anything better than that. Roger? Very similar. It's, um, definitely your research. Do something that you're really passionate about. Um, and yeah, just go for it. Thank you both so much. And as always, thank you to our listeners today. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Find Your Force. If you liked what you heard, then subscribe for future episodes. And don't forget to share. It really does make a difference. We want as many people to realise their career potential by finding their force.